great to have you here. Welcome to the podcast. With me and my guests from around the world. Welcome to the Simon Filer podcast. Welcome to this podcast. Let's get into it, shall we? On the Simon Filer podcast. Sue Lester is my guest today, known as the head trash removalist. Sue is Australia's leading expert in optimising unconscious blueprints. Sue's been a part of the Professional Speakers Australia Queensland chapter leadership team, and she's also won an International Small Business Woman of the Year Award in 2017. For well over a decade, Sue's been helping successful women and men to shed the imposter syndrome making them feel successful on the inside too. And I've been fortunate to have spent four days locked in the recording studio with Sue Lester, recording her fabulous audio book, The Face Within, How to Change Your Unconscious Blueprint. Welcome this morning, Sue Lester. Makes it sound like we've been in jail together. (laughs) Well, is that how you felt? (laughs) I hope not. No, not at all. (laughs) How did you feel about the recording process, Sue? Oh, I was so excited because it was such a long overdue project. You made it so um, easy. You made me feel welcome and you're very encouraging all the way through. So, yeah. Excellent. Great. Glad to hear that. Have you got any advice to authors who may be considering to narrate their work? Practice. So your words flow. Stay well hydrated because you can't talk with a dry mouth. And don't read the words. Actually talk to your audience. Talk to your people. Um, and most importantly, relax and have fun. Yeah, excellent. and that's easy to do with you. So, oh, thanks very much. Yeah, well, you certainly did a great narration. Your delivery was excellent, and I think that's a really good tip. Being conversational, as if you're kind of talking to one person, although you hope millions of people hear your work. <laughs> now we'll get on to you, Sue. How did your journeys um, with behavioural change start? <laughs> well, I started off my life as a teacher. So that's all about behavioural change and management. But this side of things, I started seriously studying in 2007, um, neuro-linguistic programming, NLP. Um, and I loved the changes in myself. So I started doing it for me personally. Um, and I found I was good at using the techniques, loved the changes. So then I moved into my own career business. Why do you think that this form of education is becoming more prevalent now? Well, NLP is just one of the modalities I used was developed in the late 60s, early 1970s. So it's a time thing, I think. People gradually become aware of um, the benefits and it's just sort of, you know, the old snowball getting bigger and bigger as it rolls downhill. Mm. There's certainly a high need, especially in 2020 with COVID and all the um, mental health issues that come with that. I mean, there's a greater awareness of mental health as a whole. Um, So it's a whole combined things. And we know smart people start looking for solutions and smart people realise that solutions start within you, not within other people. You know, Mm. you can't lead others until you lead yourself effectively. And I think there's quite a few factors out there, but greater awareness, awareness of mindfulness too. That's another side um, of clearing head trash that's coming to the fore, you know, combination of factors. But it's knowing that it's, inside you and what's inside you, you can learn how to change. So true. So that kind of connects me a little bit to um, God, the universe and spirit. Do you think you, when you're meditating, because I know you spoke uh, quite a fair bit about meditation in your book, do you think you connect with the universe or God or spirit when you go into trance or meditate? Well, I think the human race has got an enormous number of names for the same thing. Um, And science has shown that the deepest level 
we're just energy along with everything else around us. So for me personally, when I'm meditating, I find I'm connecting to my inner wisdom, which is part of the collective consciousness. Beautiful. So depending on how deep I go, sometimes it's just me. Sometimes it feels like I'm connected to something much, much bigger than me. How often do you meditate? Not often enough. Amen <laughs> to that. There's just not enough time. I wish I had more time to do it as well. And there's different forms of meditation too. There's active meditation. So when I'm walking along the beach in the morning before work, that's a form of meditation for me. You know, mm. it doesn't have to be sitting down staring at a flame or, or whatever. And I teach my clients lots of different techniques. Um, simply because meditation is self-hypnosis is a form of um, deeply relaxing you, which helps with your body healing um, physically and, uh, and mentally and emotionally. And obviously you probably agree that um, meditation or trance um, helps block out the mind trash. Why do you think it is so important to block out that mind trash? Rather than blocking it out, I prefer to actually change it, shift it, clear it. So it's no longer there. So you're not pushing it down. You're actually learning from it, finding out where it came from. And um, I use techniques with my clients to actually clear it out of the way so it doesn't come back again. And that's the work I do with people is clearing the head trash first. And it's, I guess you can think about it as um, clearing a block drain. So once you get all the garbage out, then the clear water, the thoughts, the creativity can flow easily. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely does. Sounds good. Um, one of the important keys that I actually took away from recording with you and listening to your work was the importance first and foremost of self-forgiveness. And I did say to you that this should be taught to everyone in schools. How did you <laughs> first realize that this was the first thing that you had to do to be set on this journey? I remember you saying that. Mm. Um, I was taught a forgiveness process, which basically involved forgiving everyone who even looks sideways with you from birth through to where you are now. But what I found when I was working with people, some clients have just gone through such horrendous experiences and abuse that you know, the behavior is literally unforgivable. And of course, forgiveness is not about condoning. But there's, you know, there's such a, a huge emotional weight that comes with some of the trauma that people have come through. And it's a thing, of, you know, it's happened, it's in the past, it's no longer happening, touch wood. So really the only person keeping it alive, the only person um, giving your power away to that perpetrator is you. Mm. So if you can forgive yourself for allowing that to continue to impact on your daily life, if you can forgive yourself for not getting help earlier to work through the trauma and get yourself back into a healthy mental and physical state, if you can forgive yourself for, for not being perfect, for not doing or, you know, forgive yourself for what you did or didn't do at the time, mm. the incident incidences, you know, sometimes the case is just, you were just too little. You just didn't know, didn't understand what was happening. And you know, there's so many different things that happen to people. But you're the only person keeping that, keeping yourself in the pain right here, right now. So forgiving yourself for doing that and then seeking help to clear it is enormously freeing. You know, that other person, the perpetrator can rot in hell or burn in hell or, or whatever. It's really irrelevant as long as you take your personal power back and start being the best, happy, healthy you possible. That's so Because empowering. that means you win. You know, what they do, 
you know, is irrelevant. Having said that, little voice is saying to me, you know, if you can bring them to justice through the legal system so they don't do it to anyone else, depending mm. on what it is, well, yeah, absolutely, do that. But otherwise, forgiving yourself is a major step forward. You've got an absolutely fabulous meditation on that one as well. Yes, that was one of the audio processes yeah. I recorded when I was in, in addition to my book. They complement each other. Yeah, they do. And that's a fabulous thing. If anybody wants to look deeper into self-forgiveness, then I highly recommend getting in touch with Sue and having a listen to that. It's amazing. So you also developed and facilitate the ANSWER, A-N-S-W-E-R, transformational program. Tell us a little bit more about this. Well, that's building on my mindset coaching and healing work. Um, and it's all about helping you clear the trash from the past, head trash, learning techniques and tools to move you forward, getting clear about where you want to go. So ANSWER stands for awareness, because um, what you're not aware of, you can't change. And that's the first step. And realizing that you can actually change it. Neuroscience, so that's the modalities I use, NLP, for example, um, MBIT, multiple brain integration techniques, all sorts of fun things to play with. S is about solving and finding solutions for the past and the present, which then frees you up to find ways forward into the future. Then you get the excitement because, you know, you know, this is it. No longer held back by all that baggage and head trash you've been carrying around. And then you see results. Because if you're not excited, you tend not to see results because there's no motivation to keep moving, keep transforming yourself and your life. Exciting. This whole thing is exciting. Mm. You certainly do change the unconscious blueprint from beginning to end and personally you've had an incredibly adventurous life you've traveled the globe you visited places like africa india and nepal what was the original desire to see these places well i think i was born with a travel bug so my little unconscious blueprint of myself was of an adventurer even back then i mean i've been fascinated by different people by animals of different um environments um, and I think it came back to my grandpa used to pop, used to get a National Geographic, he had a subscription. And yeah. when he'd finished reading the latest copy, he, you know, lent it to dad. And of course I was reading, I was just looking at pictures. I couldn't read at that point. But I think at that very early age, pre-reading, that opened up my eyes that like, wow, there's so much going on in this world, mm. apart from, you know, the little country town that I grew up in. So once again, it's that awareness. And I didn't have a block that said I couldn't do it. So I just grew up thinking, yeah, of course I'm going to go to Africa to see Elsa the Lion. Of course I'm going to go to Peru to see Machu Picchu. Of course I'm going to go to England to see the Queen in her palace. Why wouldn't I? I wanted to, so I could do it. Yeah, it sounds like a fabulous life. I was very envious. I was actually born in Africa, so I really do want to go back one day. (laughs) Obviously, I hope the borders open up soon so that can actually happen. But, yeah, your stories about Africa are amazing. Can you help others who want to lead an adventurous life like yours? Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, that's what I do. Um, You know, because adventure doesn't have to be canoeing the Zambezi River, dodging hippos and crocs or, you know, trekking in the pool up to 5,200 metres or whatever. Adventure starts within. So adventure is whatever gets you excited, you know, gets your heart singing. Um, So you can start by just doing things differently, getting out of your old routine, doing those things that you secretly always wanted to do but didn't because other people thought it was silly or you had some belief that, oh, well, who are you to do that? Mm -hmm. No, you can't do that. You have to 
you know, follow the rules and follow the rules about what sort of life you, sh you could lead or should lead. So, you know, I've traveled the world and done all sorts of things, but you know, there's consequences, there's choices. Mm. My first marriage broke up because I wasn't ready to have children. I wanted to travel first. Um, I don't have a great fancy home because any money goes into travel. I haven't had a steady career. I've chopped and changed, but that suited me personally. Um, and I've always loved doing what I done. It's just when I stop loving it, I then move on. Um, so that was how I knew I hit the jackpot with what I do now because I got to the five-year mark and I certainly wasn't ready to move on. And I'm coming up to the 13 years now. So, you know, but every five years it's check-in and certainly my business has morphed over that time. But, you know, it's a good sign that I'm on the right track. So um, what I do with, what I help people with is um, get their confidence um, and self-belief that, yes, you are allowed. Yes, you can design your life your way and you are capable of doing it. So it's getting rid of the fears and, and it, you know, it's not about being outrageously stupid and, you know, there's consequences. You want to do your due diligence. You don't want to just throw your whole life away and leap into a different way of doing things. That's not what it's all about. Um, but it's giving yourself permission to make changes as slowly or as quickly as you feel comfortable with. You've obviously in the last 13 years, you've morphed and grown. You've also written your amazing book, The Face Within. What was the, the catalyst to write the book? As much as I love my one-on-one -on -one mindset coaching and healing people, and that's my number one. I love that more than public speaking, more than running workshops, um, more than writing blogs and all the rest of that comes with it. But I can't work one-on-one -on -one with everyone. So writing my book, The Face Within, How to Change Your Unconscious Blueprint, was a way of getting, firstly, the message out about unconscious blueprints, and that's um, your internal image of yourself, and that can be empowering or disempowering. It can be as same as your chronological age or much, much younger. We have unconscious blueprints of other people too, and that impacts our relationships with them, whether we put them up on a pedestal or down below us. And, you know, there's so many um, elements about that, and that's why I wrote the book, to share that get it out to as many people as possible because once again once you're aware of it you can change it and certainly in the book the first few chapters are explaining what it's about and giving case studies and examples and then the last chapter I share a process that you can actually update your unconscious blueprint yourself and you'll know if yours needs doing if you feel um, less than grown up if you feel disempowered with peers um, if you're intimidated by people or realize that you're quite dismissive of others if your children say oh mom stop treating us like kids you know they're all signs that you've got unconscious blueprints of either yourself or others that need updating or even if you start listening to the author narrate her book and a few tears come down your eyes when you first oh. start hearing it <laughs> then you know that you've got to have a little look yeah, yeah was tears a are a great sign they're either a sign of releasing emotion or relief you know, a little voice inside saying, oh, thank goodness, she's doing something about it at last. Mm, it's, so, yes, always pay attention to tears. Yeah, I think your book really gives clarification to the fact that you can grow, you know, that you can change, that there is hope, that there is another path rather than the one you've just been travelling on. So if you could pinpoint it, Sue, what benefit will people gain most by listening to your book? awareness of our unconscious blueprints and how they're actually running the show. Some people may or may not be aware that we have a, both a conscious and an unconscious mind. 
you know, the conscious mind is what we're thinking, what we're aware of. The unconscious does all of the work below deck. So, you know, growing your fingernails and your hair and all that automatic behavior that you do without even thinking consciously. If you think about your conscious mind as a captain on board your ship of life, and below deck is your crew, your unconscious mind or subconscious, depending on what you want to call it. If your captain and your crew aren't communicating effectively, your ship of life isn't going to sail smoothly. It's going to zigzag, it's going to stall, turn and go backwards. So it's really important that, that communication is open. And if you think of your unconscious blueprint as the map um, specifications manual that your crew are using to navigate your, sh your ship. So if your crew are using version four or six, when really they should be using version 46, which might be your chronological age, um, they'll make very different navigational decisions. Because you, know, you think about how a six-year-old or a 14-year-old shows up in a business meeting compared to a 46-year-old. You know, so there's pat behavioral patterns that are running there that are disempowering you and they can be changed. And in my book, I explain about why someone may have a, a younger unconscious blueprint, much younger than their chronological age. So we're going to that in there. Um, so awareness um, that who you think you are now isn't necessarily who you are deep inside. You know, you're covered in other people's labels. You're covered in the muck from life's experiences. So being aware that underneath all those labels, underneath all that muck, there is a, a brighter, shinier you. So clearing the head trash away, clearing the labels off, that enables you to be the very best you possible. Because you don't want to be anyone else. You just want to be the best you possible. Not a reflection of things you might have taken on board to um, own as your own. Exactly. You've already achieved all of this. What I'm still a work in progress. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we all are. What's next for you? Are you looking at to writing any other books or, well, obviously traveling's out, well, across Australia, you can still travel at the moment, but what's next for Sue Lester? All right. There's always lots on the agenda. Um, getting my second book, Answering the Call to Adventure, published and promoted this year would be fabulous. Um, it's another one long-term coming and of course recording the audio book for that one as well and I've also got online courses related to the face within how to change your unconscious blueprint and also answering the call to adventure in the pipeline being worked on at the moment so they're my priorities and yes overseas travel isn't an option within Queensland we can well actually borders opening up fingers crossed mm. I mean, we live on the most beautiful country continent in the world anyway so you know, there's plenty of places to go explore while we're waiting that's cool and you're coming from an expert who's traveled the world that's we can all say yeah we do live in the best place on the planet <laughs> and don't use border and covid and everything as the excuses not to have adventures within you know your safe zone now don't put your life on hold waiting you know this is your life right here right now so you actually want to enjoy it um within the parameters there's always things you can do um, to light your adventurous spirit up. Sounds good. Where can people get in contact with you, Sue? What's the easiest way? Probably my website, which is suelester.com. Um, on there, there's an option. You can book in for a complimentary 15-minute um, chat about things that are bothering you, and we can discuss options, whether I can help you, how I can help you. If not, maybe I can refer you on to someone. Um, LinkedIn's another good option. The other social media, you tend to get lost in amongst the thousands. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> if you're serious about connecting, 
book a time through my website or um, connect through LinkedIn. Excellent, Sue. Well, I really appreciate you coming in and recording your audio book with me and I'm really looking forward to the next one. And I also appreciate you having a chat with me for my podcast, giving people inspiration to come and see you to change their lives for the better. Pleasure, Sue. Thanks for joining me. Thank you. And my guests from around the world. Thank you for being a part of this show. The Simone Filer Podcast. Catch you next time. It's a wrap.